Well, welcome back, lovely listeners, to another episode of Overshare with me, your spiritual mentor, Genevieve. I am so excited to have you back, and I'm so appreciative of you spending some time with me today to hit that mental mindset reset button. And I'm really, really excited about my guest today and our topic of the show today, which is how to deal with pressure of having a purpose or having a passion. So, and I don't know anyone better than my guest today to actually talk about this topic. I have the wonderful Thana Hickman. And if you don't know who she is, I know that you know who or what Viola's House is, which is a nonprofit here in Dallas that helps expectant teenage mothers from the ages of 18 to 24 kind of cope with that season in their life. She's a business coach. And I saw that you were on the TED Talk speaker. Y'all have probably seen her on the news too. And I just saw as well that you were attending U.S. White House briefings. I mean, like I said, I, I feel like you're pretty well known here in Dallas, Dana. So tell the lovely listeners about you, your story, who you are, what you're about. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Genevieve, for having me, first of all. I have followed you since I met you. I know. I think you saw the Viola's House van uh, across from the park. Like, that was a couple years ago, right? So, just to let them know, like, what's crazy is, like, I randomly met Thana out and, like, just ran into her because I was out with some friends. We're not going to tell our spot. No, I won't say the spot. spot. I'm just going to say we were out in Dallas somewhere. I was out with some friends and they kind of left me alone. And uh-huh. me and I just happened to bump into Thana and we started talking and I'm, I asked her, you know, what do you, what do, you do? <laughs> and it was this whole thing because I could tell she was out having a, a nice time, a nice evening. And she's like, oh, I'm here. I'm just here trying to relax <laughs> yeah. and have a drink at our spot at our spot. Yeah. And, you know, and then she actually told me what she, what her her job is or I, I would call it more of a purpose. And I just. Mm-hmm was I felt like we were meant that was like meant that was a meant to be moment you know yeah yeah. Yeah. and I meet a lot of amazing people at that spot (laughs) when I'm just out trying to sit back in the corner in that dark corner you saw me in Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. but yes it was it was so good meeting you and so I'll tell a little bit about myself I'm Thana Hickman Simmons born and raised on the south side of Chicago I was a PK kid at the age of eight. I was gifted a harp for my eighth birthday. And by 12 years old, I was a professional harpist. Oh, I didn't know that, Anna. Yes. <laughs> so I learned some tough leadership lessons at a very young age, walking into rooms where I looked very different. I certainly didn't look like I belonged in the rooms I walked in with a massive harp with me. But I was also always told that I deserved to be in those rooms and I had the calluses on my fingers to prove it and I had the skill set with the harp to prove that I deserved to be in the same rooms as the young girls that looked different from me. So I learned some tough leadership lessons pretty young and I always say that I take those leadership lessons and I carry them into the community but what happened to me at the age of 17 is I became a teen mom through an unplanned pregnancy which shifted my life. I had to put the harp to the side and learn to become a mother. My college journey looked different. It was spaced out. You know, I wasn't walking a stage at 21, 22 like most people because I also became a teen bride. So my journey was very different, but I always saw a lot of favor 
along the way. And I knew that God was with me. So I wanted to give back to other teen moms. And I started just mentoring teen mothers in the school district. But I quickly saw the need for housing, which is one thing that I didn't experience as a teen mom. I was never homeless because I had this amazing village around me to where I was able to finish school, get my degree, gain a career in insurance. And so it was eye-opening for me to be in the local high schools here in Dallas trying to teach curriculum to teen mothers and learning that they were couch surfing and found themselves homeless while pregnant. So I often say that every time you say yes to answering a solution, to a problem here on earth, God will give you the next step. And essentially, that's what happened. When I said yes to mentoring teen mothers, I found another problem, which was homelessness. And so I said yes to um, starting a residential program. Nothing was easy about that. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have a degree in social work. I had a degree in business. Mm -hmm. And so my business brain had to kick in as to, how to do a residential program. Lots of trial and error along the way. We started in one apartment with two beds, but my very first week, we received 10 applicants. And so I knew that I was offering a solution to a huge problem, not just here on earth, but in the Dallas Metroplex area. Um, And so we just went from there and we have grown. We've housed hundreds of mothers and babies. Um, And at some point during this residential journey, while, you know, I'm learning to be a social worker, a CFO, and all the things. COVID hits, and now I'm faced with community mothers who are not necessarily homeless, but in need of major resources. I sit in the 752-15 zip code, Mm -hmm. which is essentially one of the worst zip codes in Dallas County. And so there's a gap in critical care resources that are needed. It's a healthcare desert. It's a food desert. Um, you know, everything that you can think of, um, the, the graduation rate is lower because of the resources that are not available in that area. So during the pandemic, we started putting baby outfits in a Ziploc bag with socks and doing these porch giveaways on the steps of the maternity home. In the first day that we did it, our maternity home was not just packed, but there was a line for blocks wrapped through South Dallas because these mothers needed this resource. And so I said yes again, said, okay, we've got to open a baby boutique so that they can get the clothes, the shoes, and everything that they need for their babies. And so as I worked through the process of getting that open, I realized that an upscale thrift store would cost these mothers money in order to shop there and they didn't have that so I had to work through trying to figure out how can they shop in this upscale thrift store and get what they need without us charging them and you know if you're not making money you really can't serve anybody right so and I say that all the time um, it's easy for us to think that we can just serve but you can't pour from an empty cup at all and so it's a false reality that you don't have to have anything in order to give to others. You can't pour from an empty cup. And so I knew that I couldn't provide these resources without the store making money. And so we had some funding for education. So we came up with the concept to have the mothers take the classes so that they could earn electronic 
baby Buxta shop. So we did another uh-huh. soft press release for that. In our first day of class, we had 125 mothers in this class. And I knew that we were yet solving another solution to a problem here on earth, actually two in one, by providing the education to these mothers and then providing them with the material assistance that they need in their household. So right now we have over 500 mothers a day in classes. We have four classroom teachers. <laughs> See, this year alone, I just looked at our number of visits to the baby boutique. We're at over 750,000 visits to the baby boutique. Because of the resources that are available through that boutique, outside of the mothers receiving baby bucks to shop in the boutique, we get free diapers um, until a child is three years old. So we're also considered a diaper distribution organization. We give out over 180,000 diapers a month to mothers, and they don't have have to use their baby bucks for the diapers. We also have a mobile unit that services the teen parents in DISD, so our mobile unit is out five days a week. We were just donated a 26-room mansion because right now over 70% of our homeless applicants are mothers with multiple children, so we're opening up family suites for mothers with multiple children and the first floor will be a child care center. That's one of the biggest barriers that we see to a mother uh, being self-sufficient. If she doesn't have access to free child care, she cannot go to work. If she can't work, she cannot pay her rent and she cannot be self-sufficient. So one of my focuses is really providing true wraparound services to mothers who are pregnant or parenting a child under the age of three. And that's how we've continued to build our program and grow our program. We just opened in the RGV area. For those of you all who don't know what that is, that's down in the valley. We have a location in Brownsville, and we are serving those mothers there in a major way. Oh my gosh, Dana. You're doing so much. It's a lot. (laughs) It is, but you know what? It doesn't feel like that. Um, It's a calling. And I know that I have specifically been chosen to walk this journey out. And so even on my tough days, I'm very much aware that, you know, this is a unique calling, but God is with me. And so although it seems like a lot, somehow we get it done every day. I want to bring it back to, to you, though, because mm-hmm. you I, you said you kind of started in Chicago and then you kind of jumped to Dallas. So yeah. can you tell the listeners how you decided or how you got from Chicago yeah. to here and what kind of what was the like kind of moment or reason you decided to kind of start? I needed to leave. <laughs> okay. So here's here's the crazy thing. I had never visited Dallas, never came here for vacation, born and raised in Chicago, never lived anywhere else. And I had three younger kids, I literally knew that I needed to leave. The economy was failing in Chicago around 2007, and my insurance career, I had just ended a contract, and I was licensed in Texas, and for some reason of all the cities in Texas, I just kept feeling like I needed to be in Dallas. And sometimes Um, The full journey is not clear of why. You just have to trust the process. And again, I had never visited here. My first day stepping foot in Dallas is the day I moved here. Oh, my gosh. And you said it was, what, in 2007? 2007. Um, My kids were little. I left them with the sitter in Chicago and told her I would be back in a month. 
I said, give me a month to get set up. I had a van, and I put nothing in that van but clothing and shoes. I love my clothes and my shoes. <laughs> but I knew that I would come here, and in order to interview and get set up, that I needed my clothes and my shoes. And I was married at the time, and so me and my um, my husband at the time, we hit the road, and we drove to Dallas. Right. And literally, um, you know, I had no idea what was in store, but I'm really, really good at following my spirit and being led. And so when I tell the story of being led to Dallas and have never stepped foot here, people are always like, what? Did you have family here? I had no family here. Oh, you had no family here either. No, my um, ex-husband had an aunt here who said, well, if you guys are coming, we just kind of told her we were coming. She said, well, if you guys are coming, you know, you can stay here until you find a place. So no, it was (laughs) literally just being led here, which... You know, when I look back in retrospect, um, it was very, very divine of being called to a place that I had never been before with no family and no support. And I was just crazy enough to say yes. So, And then yeah. you, you mentioned that you started mentoring mm-hmm. uh, young women or so how did you get involved with that through like schools? So or I, Yeah, I set up a nonprofit. And again, my father was a pastor, so I always worked in the ministry space, but I'll be honest with you, the four walls of the church was seeming to suffocate me in that um, it didn't feel like true ministry. I always liked the outreach part, churches, right? And I'm like, you know, you know that you're called, but does it have to be? Absolutely not, because if I'm being honest, um, the people that need it the most will never step foot into the church. So... You know, I knew that I was called, but not necessarily what the old school tradition showed us. And so I wrote a curriculum for teen moms. I knew what my journey was like as a teen mom. And at the time, I was a catastrophe manager. I was managing all of the major catastrophes that would hit the states. I was contracted through firms out of Florida and managing catastrophes. So I wanted to take my business back around my career and just mentor teen moms on a career path and you know that was my first yes and so I went to Irvin ISD I went to Plano ISD and showed them my teen parenting curriculum and they were more than happy to have me especially because I was a former teen mom but that first yes is what got me in front of these mothers to really hear directly from them what their true needs were do you mean you're homeless I said, how does that work? I had to learn what the word couch surfing meant and that it that is truly homelessness. I had to learn that even though girls were seniors in high school, when they turned 18 and they were in foster care, they had to find a place to go. And to some people, that sounds unbelievable that a high schooler can be 18 and have to find a place to go, but the system looked at them as though they were grown and no, no longer needed the support. And so a yeah. lot of realities that I did not face as a teen mom was just looking me dead in the face you can't see something like that and do nothing about it I think we have a duty (laughs) here on earth when you see a problem to take some step to add some type of solution you can't eat an entire elephant but a bite out of an elephant helps so 
And, and that's just always been my thoughts and my concept. And so I said, you know, crazy as it sounds, I was going to open a maternity home and no one around me had done it. No one knew what I was talking about. And as I slept, I would get the vision for what it looked like and I would get up and just continue to create the PowerPoint. It's interesting to kind of see your progression and your journey and just kind of the reference to the fact that you said, you know, it begins with one step and then that step becomes another step and then, you know, that becomes your path. And I think that's what we're really talking about today. I mean, I really want to kind of focus. I know you always kind of, you, you do y'all my lovely listeners she does a lot of press and media and a lot of events and I know you always talk about your what you're doing but I really think it's interesting to know who you are and who you are as a person and why you feel that this is your purpose because I feel like a lot of people struggle with that I feel like a lot of people struggle with what they're meant to do or why they're here Mm -hmm. and that you know we or we're afraid to do it we're yeah. afraid to fail yeah you know and just hearing you kind of talk about everything you just said just saying like i just did this and i just made a curriculum and i just went into this school and i just did all these things like a lot of people they can't really wrap their brain around that you yeah, know? and I'm I'm saying I just, I just, I just. <laughs> but remember, I'm raising kids along the way. I have a career. I experienced the world's ugliest divorce along the way. Yeah. Then somewhere in there, I had to get a whole new trachea put in, which had me on life support. Um, so let me just be very clear, and I'll talk about me and my journey mm-hmm. a bit. Saying yes and being obedient does not mean that you're not going to face obstacles and that you can just sit back and let life happen to you because you absolutely can't. Another thing that will discourage a lot of people when we focus on the word purpose to some people it feels it sounds like a destination it is not. It's a continuous journey and that purpose expands and it looks different along the journey right and and so we have to be careful when talking to purpose we uh, uh, talking about purpose because growing up you know I would hear people say oh, my purpose is to be a librarian right yeah but once you're in that space of a librarian what what is going to keep you fulfilled if you don't continue (laughs) on the journey of purpose it is never a destination it's a journey and so I want the listeners to be really clear that you're not trying to get to one spot and accomplish one thing you have to if you're saying yes to purpose you have to say yes to the entire journey which is a lifetime. I live a purposeful life in everything that I do. Coming here today is on purpose and in purpose, right? Because someone will hear this and someone will be impacted. And that has nothing to do with me housing a mother over on South Boulevard. It's a purposeful life. And that's what we have to wake up and aspire to do daily and that's why I always say it's a journey it's a daily journey it's a daily walk if we go into a grocery store oftentimes I don't go into grocery stores much now I'm not about to lie and say that right but prior to COVID I used to go into grocery stores and if I would see a mother lying in front of me diapers and wipes and things that's connected to my passion um, I would say hey can I get that for you and you would in that moment see tears in the mother's eyes and wonder why why would you, right? And it's this is part of who I am. This is part of my daily purpose to walk out this life where I impact daily. And no matter how you do it, I'm always aware of how am I 
impacting today, even if it's not client facing. Because I'll be honest, we've grown so much. We have a full-time staff of 52 employees. I don't do a lot of client facing work. And so now I'm having to impact my staff in a leadership role so that it funnels down to the clients, right? Yeah. And so that's all part of purpose. If I had just looked at purpose as a destination, I would have went into that high school and still been in there right now just trying to teach a curriculum to kids that didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So that's how I view purpose. Um, Progressive. It is at all times, though. Yeah. And if you are not changing you're not growing, so people don't like change. No, because no. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It and we've had, the, I've had a lot of people on the show, and even just kind of content that I put out there that people change is uncomfortable, growth is uncomfortable, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that you have to face with yourself and mm-hmm. what you have to do, those obstacles that you have yeah. to overcome. And there's, and going back to kind of what this episode is about today, it's like this pressure, because especially at you, the level that you're at, I feel like people think. Well, how does she do all that? And how does she deal with all that all the time? To learn to be a leader. <laughs> like, I'm sitting here now, and the boutique is probably packed. Um, it's probably babies crying at the maternity home, maybe a tire coming off the mobile unit. Nobody is calling me about it um, because I also have a focus on leadership. And if I am not teaching the people under me how to operate and move as I operate and move, and I'm not a good leader. I'm very much aware that our time here on earth is limited. We won't be here forever. And so I do not expect everything that I've built to die when I die. Legacy is what you leave inside of people. Nobody cares about what's in my bank account when I'm dead except for those little kids of mine. Well, they're not little, they're grown. But for the most part, nobody at your funeral is talking about How much money she died with $23 <laughs> in her bank account. We talk about what the person left us with, and not tangibly, but left in our hearts. How someone made you feel. And so I focus on that every day through the leadership that I pour down to my staff. That's really, really important. So it it is a lot of pressure. There's a lot that comes with it. You know, I say it all the time. I'm like, this many people depend on me to pay their bills. That is pressure in itself when you lay down at night. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure because if something folds, how do you tell that many people, hey, you can't pay your bills next week? You don't. You don't. You, so you find solutions, you make it work along the way, and you keep growing. So it is a lot of pressure. Um, I went through, I'd say, the world's ugliest divorce, but I somehow wanted to hide what was happening because I felt like it would affect the work that I was doing. Um, and then I wanted, didn't want to feel like a failure, right? <laughs> yes. But I was failing because I was staying in something longer than I was supposed to be there because I was so worried about what people would think and what people would say. And I had to come to the conclusion, Genevieve, that when this is all over, I'm standing in front of worse and that matters, and that's God. And I stand there alone. And I have to answer for every gift and talent that he's put inside of me. And I don't get to look to my left or my right and blame anything. And I can't say, God, this husband you gave me wouldn't let me grow my nonprofit. That's not how it works. (laughs) And so when I came to that conclusion, I didn't care about what anybody thought anymore. Because I knew that 
I had a journey to walk out here on earth that would impact thousands of lives. And I couldn't let one situation, one person, or one thing hold me back from that. Well, we usually do like mindset vocabulary, but I think we, we, just because I like to give the listeners kind of like concrete meanings to like mindset words like purpose and Mm -hmm. vulnerability like we say these things but we don't really we can't really articulate what they mean right and so one of the the things for like mindset vocabulary for today is like what is the meaning of purpose you know and you've just kind of encapsulated that right now you know with everything that you've said but there's this quote from Paulo Picasso that I always go back to especially when I'm kind of feeling a little bit like why am I doing this or you know what's the reason that I'm on this path or why am I putting myself through all these things or why am I having to overcome all these obstacles is it's like the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away so I love that it's Who said that quote? Pablo Picasso. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so it's like you kind of hit both of those things. It's like you have to take accountability for why you're here mm-hmm. and what you're meant to do. And then the other part of it is you have to figure out how to be of service. And it's like it may it looks different for everybody. It does, but so many people are seeking a fulfillment through false things. And I encourage everybody to 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 find an area of service because that will always help you in feeling fulfilled to give to something greater than yourself. And I don't mean money, time, resources your voice, whatever you can do, find a way to give to something greater than yourself. If you are just serving self, you will not see f- fulfillment that you're looking for ever. Do you think that you see a lot of people that, that are you, have you come across a lot of people that do that? And some people even in wanting to serve, um, it's still self-fulfillment. When they walk, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm so used to it. When they walk into the door and the first thing, they say is, let me have a baby and take a picture, right? Are you here for the photo ops? Or do you want to really give this mother a break so that she can go into the kitchen and cook her meal and get a mental break from the baby? So I see it all the time. Even this false sense of serving, you know, it's, yeah. Well, the other thing too I want to move into, because I feel like there's people who haven't really started their journey or kind of are wanting to get on their journey of purpose and then there are probably people out there that are listening that feel overwhelmed by it and I wanted to give kind of some mindset tools to kind of help them be able to just I don't want to say push through I don't think that's the right word but kind of just maintain that idea that what you're doing is meaningful and that it has impact Uh, and one of the things I have down here is that rest is productive like rest is productive and I kind of wanted to hear your take on this Mm -hmm. because and y'all my lovely listeners if you've seen or I'll we'll talk about her social media and everything in a minute or later on in the episode but you're I mean you're everywhere you're doing all these things you know and it's this like outward facing a projection Mm -hmm. of your purpose of what you're doing and how you're doing it and you're talking about all these things social media is not real it is not real you know because we post our wins and we post our beautiful events and all of that stuff do you know want to know what I did this morning (laughs) Let me tell you about my morning. Well, that's what I told you. I said, don't come casual. Yeah. Because you don't need to dress up. I know. To this. Just come this as you morning, are. This <laughs> morning, I got up. I had my quiet time, and I always put on my music for my quiet time. And the um, Orkin man was coming to spray my house. And so when he arrived, I still was not dressed. 
My hair still was not done. And then um, tomorrow I'm having some friends over for Friendsgiving at my house. And so I had about 22 bundles of greens that I needed to pick. And I spent my morning in my robe with my music playing, picking greens. And then I had a counseling session because I do counseling every two weeks. And then I got dressed. (laughs) Now, in between all of that, am I dealing with issues and taking calls and things like that? Of course. Mm -hmm. Right. But I knew that this morning I had a gap to where I could do something therapeutic for myself, Mm -hmm. which was sitting there picking those greens and listening to my music. And sometimes you just have to take moments and breaks in your schedule to where you do things that feel good to you. It was simple. You know, it was picking greens and listening to music, but it resets me. And then I had a counseling session right after that. That resets me as well. I am very, very, very aware of my self-care, of my moments of rest, Mm -hmm. of my moments of resisting and resetting. (laughs) So trust me. Trust me, I'm aware. So social media is not real. That's all I ever hear is, oh, my God, you everywhere. Oh, my God, you're doing so much. I'm like, y'all know I post my wins and my best outfits <laughs> at the best events. And don't get me wrong, it, it does seem to happen weekly. But in a seven-day week, you know, if I'm posting the best event of that week, the best outfit of that day, right. and obviously seven days a week, we've got stuff going on in Biola's house. But the reality is I am, I'm, I'm very aware of taking these moments. Like I took this morning, this was on my calendar and counseling was on my calendar and that was it. So I have days like that and, and I do it on purpose. So yeah, I want to be clear about that. (laughs) Don't let social media, social media will have folks spending all their money, losing their whole mind, trying to look and be like somebody when that person is sitting at home with a roll in their hair, picking greens and listening to their gospel music. It's, it's, it's not real life. And we have to be careful with that. And I I think that's part of the problem. And I'm real, real about that. People say, oh, you show up with your makeup done. You just get your makeup done. No, I took a lesson. I can do my own makeup. You know, I don't have a makeup (laughs) girl at my house every day. It's just not, it's not real. I try to be as real as I can on social media. And sometimes I will post messages like. Because people don't want to see that. They don't want to see the the losses. They don't want to see it. You know, I get the most likes and the most comments from the most shallow things. If the dress and the boots is cute, my social media is blowing up. When I put up something motivational, yeah. <laughs> That's what you know I'm saying. saying. Yeah, I do. I know that because uh, this whole, yes. this whole, my whole niche is like, you know, it's work and it's mindset and yeah. it's, and people don't, they don't want to hear about that. But you they know? can't see you right now. Your hat is. <laughs> Matching your lipstick is really cute. If I took a picture of you right now and put that up. I'll put that up earlier. Right. You're going <laughs> to, you'll get so many likes yeah. and comments. Yeah. Right. Because we, we are using social media for the wrong thing. That's why I never put up a caption. I don't care how cute my dress is. I'm always going to put up a motivational caption. Because if I can capture you with the dress, then I want you to read something that's going to help impact your life. Do you so with the, with the whole resting? I have I'm cur- I'm just curious about this. Do you feel? Do you ever feel like? Is it hard for you? 
to rest. I mean, I Feeling. know you. I know you just said that you know you this morning you were in the kitchen and doing no, all this stuff. Be transparent but with you, like it's really, very, like really rest. It's very hard because I have a trouble with that too, and like, I think sometimes I'm crazy. Do you feel guilt? When yeah, like I feel like I should be doing something, or I should I be going somewhere, or I should be. I have this plan. I, the, <clears throat> last weekend, I I had a bunch of plans, and I just said I I don't feel like I don't want to do it. Like I'm not gonna do it. I don't want. I just don't have the energy. I don't. I'm not in the, the right mind space. Like I just didn't want to, and I just. Didn't. I was supposed to be in Chicago last weekend at the biggest gala in Chicago that they have yearly, and I was so happy to have these VIP tickets. And the day before, I simply decided that I was exhausted and I wasn't going to go. And when I made that decision, I felt so good. Yeah. Right. And it's taken me some time to get to this point to be able to do that. Yes, because I used to feel like if somebody thought enough of me to invite me, then I should not be rude and I should go. And Lord knows if they given me VIP, then I certainly should be there. There are some rooms that I do need to be in. Right. Yeah. But there are some rooms that I can say no to. No, I mean, that's I, I just was curious because, too, it's just like these different levels. And I feel like, too, the more that you you progress and you're kind of going up and up and up that I, I don't know maybe you feel more guilty to be able to take that time for yourself or to you know but I think you mentioned it earlier too at the very beginning of the episode is that like you can't pour from an empty cup you can't and that's not just with money that's with like yourself too you know and I've tried it before and <laughs> I think you, we all have <laughs> if you let people they will they will continue to use you every day my assistant is really good now at poaching my calendar and saying no for me yeah. because he knows at this point what I need to be at and what I can say no to. The other thing I have on here too with kind of like how to cope with pressure is like this idea or maybe our, our idea of the difference between like motivation and discipline, like those two different things that, you know, because I feel like there's this, um, <laughs> I feel like there's this idea or this idealization of motivation. Like we're always going to have it. And it's just, i it, then my person and I'll, I'll ask what you think about this is that I don't really think that motivation is I, I don't really think it means a lot mm -hmm. like you're not you're, there are days you're not going to be motivated you're not going to want to do it and what kicks in or in, in versus that is the discipline mm -hmm. like the discipline to have to be able to continue you I mean you mentioned it earlier with you have all these people that are depending on you and all that mm -hmm. there has to be days that you don't feel motivated to do yeah. anything right you're still but you still have to do it. It's the old school concept of uh, faith without works, right? Um, we used to have the faith for everything, and I would sit back and watch people. I got the faith. I got the faith, right? Well, I got the faith to lose 10 pounds, but if I don't get up and get off the couch and every day hit the pavement or do something to work towards losing that 10 pounds, I can have the faith all day, right? Yeah. But if you don't have the work behind it. So it's the same thing with uh, motivation and discipline to me. Motivation is a good starting point, but you have the have, have to have the discipline daily to walk it out. You'll hear me say daily a lot. And the reason is, is because even though we may take a day to rest, even though we may take a day to seven days to be on vacation, mm -hmm. You still have to be there knowing who you are and even in that rest time, why it's important that you rest Purpose. so that you can go back to being who you are when you come back from that vacation. I mean, listen, motivation is it's great. It is what it is. Yeah. I can get up and get on social media and 
read motivational Mondays all day. And that's, that's just great. I love it. <laughs> it's a starting point. But the discipline is what causes us to really see the fulfillment of purpose, the fulfillment of our dreams, the fulfillment of our hopes, the fulfillment of our desires. The motivation is just the starting point. You have to have the discipline to do it. You have to. Is there anything else that you, like any piece of advice that you would give to be able to kind of cope or deal with like your purpose? You know, because it takes a lot. I mean, if you're going to live in purpose, it takes it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. I'm not going to lie or try and make it seem like it isn't what it is because it, it is. It, a it, lot. It, it's, it's a lot. It's hard. But, but it's, it starts with one bite. One yes. One bite of the elephant. Just one yes. So, you know, sometimes we're discouraged because we look at this big picture of what we want and we're looking on social media at people who are doing what we aspire to do one day but you have to remember that they bleed red just like you they likely started somewhere just like you they just had a different level of discipline there are going to be seasons in your life in the beginning where you don't rest because your discipline keeps you going to the point where you you gotta you gotta keep going. I've had many seasons um, where you could come into my office and I had three screens in front of me and two phones, and sometimes rocking a baby from the maternity home because I was managing 120 adjusters because a storm had just hit. But I'm also running my maternity home and making sure that I'm giving back. That's the misconception that whatever you want to do, you should just wake up one day and fully walk into it and everything you need is there. That is not true. I worked insurance contracts for years as I was housing homeless teen mothers, as I was raising my daughters. You know, some people want to wait until I'm going to wait till my kids are grown or it's never a perfect time to start, right? I just did a video about that, about perfection. It's like, I'm just, I was telling people, well, my, my followers or whatever, whoever's willing to listen to what I have to say is that perfection is debilitating it it can make you very it can make you paralyzed in in your in the spot that you're in because you don't think that you can do it you know and it it plays with your mind in a way that you know it's you can take a step every day i didn't start with housing girls i started with mentoring and i would go what i didn't say with going to the schools and mentoring is i was going on wednesdays and i would leave my office because i was a manager and tell my team hey it's wednesdays i take two hours on wednesdays because it was an hour in the classroom with the team moms and 30 minutes drive time there and 30 minutes back and then i'm back in corporate you know sending out checks to fix people's roofs so that's the reality of it you don't just wake up and boom you're in it and you land here people look at where i am now and as i tell the story of my journey they're like my gosh, I can do that. Now, did I have to put in some 14-hour days? I absolutely did because I told you I was working storms, raising kids, and housing homeless teen mothers. So did I have a season where I was putting in a lot of hours? Yes, that may be the only difference between me and you is that I was willing to put those hours in and burn the candle at both ends versus some people just don't want to. But Or they're comfortable. 
Yeah, unless you're a trust fund baby. And I mean, I, I come from a very good upper middle class home, but I still didn't have a trust fund on the other side of me just sitting. And so you got to you gotta burn it at both ends. That is, that's the part of the work that a lot of people don't want to hear. Sometimes you do have to go back and make sure you have a steady check to support the vision that's ahead of you instead of just waiting on yeah. something to come to support that vision. <laughs> that's the discipline. Is there anything else you want to share? with the listeners before because I want to do rapid fire some questions some quick questions for you that's it let's do the rapid fire I'm ready are you sure I don't even know what it is am I ready well I think you're ready okay I think you're always ready (laughs) (laughs) no but I did want you to tell the the listeners about your the fundraiser that you're having coming up yeah Listen, I'm, I'm missing important information <laughs> yeah, like, here. To share about the, yeah, because this is pretty exciting. So we have our second annual Black Tie Gala coming up December 2nd. It's a Saturday night at the Statler Hotel downtown oh, Dallas. And our special guest speaker is the mother of all mothers, <laughs> Mother Tina Knowles. She's the mother to Beyonce Knowles. Yeah. And she is coming to share about her journey and being a great part of the village which is Viola's house. We're also honoring a kidney disease um, advocate, Philly Freeway. Um, We are honoring Ben Lill, who is a philanthropist here in Dallas with the Addy Foundation. Um, We are telling some amazing stories that night, right? You're going to see our full year in review of everything that we've done, our true impact in the community. We're having a great live and silent auction. And then we're wrapping it up and closing out like we do. We're partying. We've got a live (laughs) band. We're hitting the dance floor. The steppers will be out. It's going to be a great night. And we're going to have some great people in the building, some great VIPs who've already confirmed. So I don't want to share about that. Mm -hmm. But you may or may not see one of the members of Destiny's House there as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a great night. And then tell tell the listeners of uh, your social media for Viola's House. Absolutely. Social media for Viola's House is at Viola's House Dallas. My personal social media is at Fana Hickman. And the last thing I want to tell is we have an amazing opportunity December 17th at Fair Park for you to serve. Last year, um, we did Christmas in Fair Park to give toys to families that are in need in the 15 and 16 zip code. We were overwhelmed. Over 6,000 people showed up. So this year, we're doing it again. Fair Park has given us the automobile and the tower building. It's now considered a legacy Fair Park event, and we need over 300 volunteers. We will be giving out toys and sling toys like I don't want to say that but we're in the hood <laughs> so you know what you sling in the hood right yeah but we're slinging toys that day um for four hours so we need volunteers all day the day before the 16th and the 17th again you can go to our website www.violashouse.org and get signed up to volunteer for Fair Park and also people can go to the website and Find out for any other volunteer opportunities, right? I mean, you Mm -hmm. guys have plenty of different options. So much on there. (laughs) There's an Amazon wish list if you want to buy toys for kids this year. Yes, everything that you need is on our website. You can find so much about us. And our social media has a link tree, which is broke down even better for each separate thing that I've just talked about. So y'all definitely check it out. Go and add Viola's house. And like I said, I'm sure if, if you've watched the local news, I don't know, like in the past month, you've probably 
seen Thanos on we'll there. We'll be on CBS <laughs> next week. Yeah, there's see? a full story coming out next week see? on us. And I saw that the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, okay. So we just keep your eyes open, and you know, it's coming up on the Christmas season. If anything, mm-hmm. let that be a motivation for you to spend some quality time doing something of purpose and serving other people in the community yeah. that need it. And and uh, it's gonna make you feel good. I promise yeah. you, you're gonna walk away feeling you know that fulfillment. And yeah. like I said, always, it's always better to, to be of service. I promise. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Let's get into these rapid fire questions really Ooh. quick. Okay, so first one: if you could create one rule everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? To give to something greater than yourself. Okay, tell me an early specific happy childhood memory, and not general, like something that I can like relive with you, like something really specific that that was a happy childhood memory. Happy childhood memory was one of my birthdays. I was rolling around on the floor because I was having a birthday party, and my sister opened the oven, and the oven, the corner of the oven, went into my head, and I spent the birthday in the ER, and I cried because my party had to get canceled and I remember when my dad brought me back into the house it was about eight or nine o'clock at night and the house was full of kids and they just all start screaming my party wasn't canceled Aww. so yeah that was a good birthday <laughs> oh I thought I was taking a turn for the worst I said happy memory then I'm yeah. happy <laughs> yeah. okay so last one and this this is I'm curious and what your answer will be for this because you've done so many things. So tell me something you've been involved in over the course of your career. And it doesn't matter if it was com- commercially successful or not that you absolutely loved being a part of. And if everything you did in your life was like this one specific thing, you'd be the happiest person alive. And for you, you got to be specific because you got so many things. I'm going to be very specific. Um, I was sitting in my office. We're not an emergency shelter. We do an interview and it takes us days to get you into your room there. I was sitting in my office and a girl walked up to the door. Our address is private. She had gone to the church and they sent her back to us. She had a plastic bag and she was not visibly pregnant. She came in and told us she had been sleeping on the park benches and she would stay in the library as long as she could until they closed because she had nowhere to go and she was pregnant. And I remember listening to the interview and I walked out of my office and told them to feed her and take her immediately. And they just kind of looked at me like this not our process and I'm like so what we took that girl her name is Jayla and the reason I don't mind telling her name is because that day I went into my office and I cried looking at her looking at her plastic bag with her only belongings with her I knew that in that moment no matter what processes we had put in place no matter what we ever did We were making a difference in that moment just for that one life. She gave birth to Namaya. Namaya became my baby. Jayla moved out. She came back to us with a second pregnancy. And I decided that we were not going to let her go. She gave birth to Peanut. We got Jayla into an apartment, and I hired her to stock shelves. Jayla went from stocking shelves. She's about to buy a house right now. She's about to get married. She went from stocking shelves to the front of the boutique, to a classroom teacher, and now she's our volunteer coordinator. She has had a full career. And I remember the day she walked up to that door. I remember it like yesterday. I don't always have stories like this for every girl that comes through there, but these are the stories that make me proud. If I could do that every single day and see the transformation and see the journey, that's what I would do. All the other hoopla, all the other things that come with doing this work, I could care less about. That is what makes me proud. That's a good answer, Dana. Thank you. <laughs> 
Any anything else? Any final thing you want to share before we wrap up the show? No. 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 Okay. I'm so grateful that you decided to spend some time with me today. I'm so and grateful for you having me. And finally, <laughs> took you long enough. I know it's been. Y'all, <laughs> I'm joking. That, no, that I'm was. Joking. I think that was almost two years ago. Yeah. I was. Tell, I was telling my mom about that today. Cause she's like, "Who are you having on the show?" I said, "Oh, I don't know." And she's like, "Where'd you meet her?" And I went through the whole story again. I go, "God, that was like almost two years ago." I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but it it just it happened the way it was supposed so to happen. So do you remember that night? We met Allison that night, too, an attorney. She's become a really good friend of mine. She's joining our board of directors in 2024. No, I don't remember. Same night. Was it the same place? Same place, same (laughs) night, yeah. I I guess I'm just in there talking all the time, but it was the same night I met you. Oh, wow. Maybe that was after I left. I don't know. Well, if you saw her, you would actually remember her because we were all commenting on how big old rock she had on her finger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's become a really good friend of mine and has helped me through a lot of uh, legal things. And, yeah, she's joining our board in 2024. Oh, well, there you go. Turns out she was a brilliant (laughs) litigator. (laughs) Who knew? You make the best connections in there. Yeah. So, well, again, like, thank you for coming on the show and telling your story and taking some time with me to just be open and vulnerable and all of the things. And y'all, please go, like I said, go and follow her personal page, Viola's House. Like I said, if you live in the Dallas area, you will definitely be seeing uh, things on the news media about her, like you said, a CBS, right? It's coming out. Yep, next week. So next week, just keep your eyes peeled. And, you know, like I said, Christmas season is coming up. Do something. Do something to give back. So, um, and with that too, y'all, make sure that you follow Overshare. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, all of the, I'm on TikTok too. So all of those things, make sure you check it out. Um, and like I said, well, another episode is coming soon, y'all, as always. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say today. Um, I'm so, like I said before, I'm so glad that you guys stopped by to spend some time with me today. And I'm sending all of you lovely listeners good vibes and a week full of purpose and intention. And remember to always speak your truth fiercely and with vulnerability. And as always, the light within me honors the light within you. Bye.